Welcome to a new episode of the OTT Makeshift Podcast. My name is Enrique Mendizabal and I am the director of OnThink Tanks. In this episode, I talk to Chuka Oyenkwena, Executive Director of the Center for the Study of the Economies of Africa, CC, that is based in Nigeria. Chuka and I explore the changing landscape of think tanks in Nigeria and how they're gearing up to face the challenges ahead. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for joining me, uh, Chuka. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and uh, it's been a long time since we saw each other uh, face to face, but I am. Yeah. I hope we can do that again. So, um, Chuka, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Chuka. Um, full name is Chukuka Onyakwena. I'm the executive director of Center for the Study of the Economies of Africa, CC. CC is a think tank based in Abuja, Nigeria. We've been around for about 12 years as a think tank operating in Nigeria. And um, what we basically do is to um, use evidence-based research to inform policies in Nigeria and Africa broadly. Chukan, so you just said you've been around for 12, 12 years. So CC would have been set up uh, just before the think tank initiative was launched, right? Um, it was it was, one of the young, it was one of the young think tanks of the think tank initiative. Sure, it was. It was set up just um, at two thousand and eight when the TTI was just kicking off. You know? And how much has it grown? I mean, when it was set up, do you remember? Do you know how big it was and how big it is? It is it now? Um, so I joined in twenty twelve, um, and. Um, from my observation, it has grown. We've like doubled in size, actually, yeah. both in you know in number of staff and also in the terms of um, the volume of work that we do. We have doubled in size. And when you joined in 2012, you joined as a researcher. Um, yes, as a senior right? researcher. And when did you uh, become director? In 2015. All right, so just the, you had three years to. Uh, to get used to the organization and the idea of leading it, and uh, yeah. um, uh, how how that uh, come about? Did you was it was an internal process? Um, uh, I think I think both. Uh, it was an internal process where my studio colleagues left to do to work in different sectors, and I, you know I was the the most serious staff around to, you know, to head the organization. So there was just some internal process that, you know, that led to me being imagined as a leader. And, um, and also, I, I also think I also got um, promoted quite rapidly um, right. within that time, yes. And uh, well, since you've uh, seen CC grow quite a, quite a bit, so, um... Um, so you know, kudos to you. Um, let tell me a little bit about. Let's talk about the think tank scene in in Nigeria. But why don't we start about talking about um, the policy space in Nigeria? Can you tell us a little bit something uh, about the um, how the context in which think tanks operate in Nigeria has been changing over the last couple of years? We've we've seen changes because of COVID all over the place. Uh, what, what what's happened in Nigeria? Um, so. Uh... In general, 
um, the, the, the kind of policy space that we that I met in the past years uh, was one where the demand for evidence was um, quite weak, was weak. And over the years, I've been seeing some, you know, incremental changes, incremental, not, not too high, but, you know, just gradual um, incremental changes in the demand for evidence across policy um, uh, within this policy space. So, um, so what has happened within that time is that think tanks have tried to really push to stimulate um, the demand for evidence and um, resources like the Think Tank Initiative, which provided flexible funding, um, allowed think tanks to emerge uh, within within Nigeria. Uh, and um, you know, as as they interacted with policymakers, you know, they kind of had that kind of it 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 triggered that kind of culture of interacting with think tanks, you know. And then with the as as the availability of flexible funding started declining, um, now think tanks are struggling, have existential challenges. And the ability to really stimulate um, evidence is now being limited. Um, but that's also changing recently and due to COVID. Uh, COVID is a shock that um, people from the policy space, they needed um, you know, knowledge to explain um, what is going on, what the impact, you know, what strategy should we use to solve this this challenge that is quite rare, and you know, knowledge actors and think tanks, you know, became increasingly involved in in providing the adequate um, advice and recommendation on on what to do. So it's this this COVID era it's, has also prompted um, some increase in demand for for, for knowledge, and uh, think tanks. Things are about to better feed from that, yeah. Great, and I mean, something that's happened here in Peru that I thought interesting was that, um, and I wonder if it has happened also in Nigeria, is that uh, especially during the early early months of COVID, you know, we were very uh, interested in the epidemiology of the whole situation, right? Um, yeah. And yeah. so we saw the emergence of these, um, sort of loan experts, right? So individuals yeah. uh, who had, you know, many of them data scientists, others yes. were, uh, you know, actual actual scientists, you know, in the, in the health sector, right? Not, not data yes. scientists, but yes. health sector scientists. And, and then a bunch of other social scientists as well, who, um, you know, who with excellent uh, data visualizations, with excellent yes. data analysis and excellent communication skills, were able to position themselves uh, as experts, yes. even yeah. you know, in front of think tanks, right? Think tanks, I think, in the uh, in the in the first few months of the pandemic, were relegated to the sidelines, yeah. and the media was yeah. paying attention to these individuals. Something like that happened in Nigeria. I, I, I thought that that would be a big challenge for think tanks. Yeah, actually, I I, I noticed that and I reacted to it. To it, um, because I realized there were a lot of such actors providing, you know, the data, the, the, the mortality rates, death rates, and they were making, um, you know, decisions, you know, uh, you know, 
kind of recommendations based on that. And um, and I realized, hey, these are the tools that we work with. Uh, we, we collect data, um, we analyze situations. We already have data on some of these, um, you know, some of these aspects that um, COVID had an impact on. Why don't we now, you know, move ahead and really be at the forefront, you know, of analyzing the effect of COVID. So, yes, I noticed that, you know, you know, the kind of emergence of different actors and trying to provide that kind of information. And we had to really move ahead and and really occupy that space, you know. And um, I, I, CC produced a lot of articles um, during the COVID period, you know, like about 20 articles on COVID. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so. And so, uh, so this COVID has been a shock and has created a, a demand for evidence. Um, yeah. Is this continuing? Do you see do you see um, a lasting effect on uh, the demand for evidence uh, and the demand for think tanks in Nigeria? Yes, I think every shock produces some lasting effects. You know, shocks tend to um, to change the way people look at things. For example, financial crisis was a big shock. And um, a lot of accounting principles changed because of um, you know, the financial um, crisis. Um, COVID is a bigger shock, you know, and um, it, it will change a lot of things. It will change how, how policy actors view things, how, how they look at the future and um, you know, how they prepare for some, such um, shocks. And uh, think tanks have the opportunity of being at the forefront of those kind of conversations. So I think it will really um, trigger, you know, higher demand for, for evidence. So it's now left for think tanks to be well equipped to, to really be able to provide that credible evidence required to explain um, because uh, from now we'll be talking about, we'll still be talking about impact for some time, and then we move to recovery period, and these uh, these all require some analytical perspectives to inform um, those kind of decisions. And, and what do you think are the uh, the main challenges then that think tanks are facing to um, be able to respond to this new demand? Um, and going forward, um, what do you think a uh, think tank like CC needs to do to truly be at the forefront, right? To, and to, to stay there, right? At the forefront of right. this uh, yeah. evidence-informed world. So, sure. sure. So, uh, in general, um, I think uh, what think tanks need to do is to reposition themselves and um, also reevaluate um, the models that they use, the, the operational strategies um to to be able to optimize their resources in a way um that they could be able to um provide the right evidence and what i mean by optimize resources is that i think this happened in in at the at a period where i think times were facing um, financial challenges lack of flexible funding um you know what flexible funding does is that it's provides um, funding to really strengthen um, the organization in itself and, and also maintain some um, critical staff and researchers that, you know, and, um, 
And in the, in the, in, in the absence of that, um, you rely on, you know, ad hoc staff and non-residents, you know, and all that. So if the demand for your work increases, you need to really think about um, the best strategies um, to use to be able to respond quickly. I'll give you an example from CC mm -hmm. point of view. During the lockdown measures, um, we had to move to working from home, you know? So working from home at the initial stages increased productivity for some reason. Uh, people started working from home. You know, we were very motivated to go write articles, uh, you know, on COVID and we were very productive. But when the lockdown period started to extend, I started noticing a decline in productivity. You know? So people started being a bit fatigued about working from home, you know, yeah. and the productivity started to fall. So um, as the vaccines then came in and people um, started getting vaccinated, I had to really, you know, move back to the office in a gradual way, providing social distancing, you know, providing um, all the um all the preventive materials for covid and you know because i saw that productivity fall so that's an example of how to you know um how to adjust your internal processes um to react to to such um, shocks like, like, like so do you yeah. do you think do you think that things are going to go back to back to the office i mean do you expect that um cc will con will continue to be a bricks and mortar organization um or will, will it be a bit of a hybrid going forward so it's, the hybrid is is actually the, the the most preferred um um kind of model because it was during this lockdown that i really explored the hybrid model where we now had a lot of non-residents. Non right. And um, I, with that, I now saw that, hey, you can actually maintain your critical mass, you know, increase them a bit, but now have a lot, you know, as the demand for more work comes, you now involve um, more non-residents. So that hybrid model is quite um, effective. Yeah. And these non-residents, are they, are they Nigerian in Nigeria or are they, um, I mean, can you them all over the world? Yeah, they are different countries, but they, they are mostly either Africans or non-Africans interested in working in Af on Africa because Africa is Africa. So. Yeah, I think, I, think that's a, I think that's a great idea. It, it, um, yeah. Many think tanks are realizing that they can now hire globally. Right? Um, exactly. You don't yeah. have to limit yourself to the you know, availability uh, of experts and for for think tanks in some some countries where there are just a few experts and those yeah. are usually taken up by central banks or ministers exactly. of finance yeah. or some we'll national yeah. ngos then what do you do well maybe i can hire right um i don't know and uh, and uh, uh somebody from the diaspora right in uh yeah. in europe or in latin america or exactly. in asia that is interested in, in what we do yeah i think that's, uh, sure. that's a great it's a great great way forward um tell me a little bit about the um we at the odt conference this year we talked about the future of think tanks uh and we try to imagine the future of think tanks and you know, how would think tanks look like um not in the next year or two, but in the next 50 years, 100 years. 
Um, I mean, what, do you, what do you think is the future of think tanks in Nigeria? This is a large country, it's a very young yeah. country, it's a very entrepreneurial country. Um, yeah. what, what do you think the long-term future of think tanks look like, looks like in Nigeria? I mean, what will your, um, you know, what the next generation of think tankers going to go to work to, um, what is CC going to look like in 50 years from now? Okay, um, I'll try. I'll try to explain that. So one is, um, I think, in the medium term, um, think tanks are going to face an increase in in, in the need for their, their work. Um, because in Nigeria, what I've noticed is that this increased demand that we are increased demand for evidence and and knowledge. It's been um, it's crisis-driven crisis, yeah. Yeah. COVID in itself is a is, is a crisis, and uh, now we're also facing an economic crisis as well, and as well as a security crisis. And as as policy actors are increasingly being overwhelmed with this crisis, they are looking for broader conversations. And think tanks have come to occupy the space for those broader conversations. Uh, and I think this crisis will not end in the near future. So as long as, you know, insecurity, which has really increased um, in Nigeria and most, um, some African countries, and economic crisis, um, particularly triggered by debt, uh, has risen, you know, as trauma, you know significantly, um, in the medium term, you will see um, an increased um, demand in, in terms of conversations. You know, that that is a that is a that is a <laughs> terrible observation um, that our uh, demand for think tanks is fueled by crisis. So in a way, demand for our work um, is fueled by yeah. <laughs> you know, things not going well. But I think it's a it's a valid observation but, uh, for our countries, right? Um, yes, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, the governments yeah. look for evidence when things go bad, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, yes. So that is the yeah, that is think tank demand in the in the medium term. Yeah. But in, in the in the longer term, uh, given that Africa is a young population. Yeah, it's um, experiencing that um, demographic changes where um, there'll be this um, huge increase in, in the population of young people. Um, the, the young people now are, are much um, involved in social media. They are very deliberative and they have the tools for deliberation and they, they want to have conversations, you know, create their own content and react to issues. You know, th these are these align well to the work, you know, to how think tanks um, operate. So I, I also think that we also um, stimulate, I think there will be more, the, the more knowledge driven, um, organizations we emerge in, in the long run because of the way policy is being policy issues are being discussed because what, what I know will change is that policy issues will not 
will not operate more like an, an, an enclaves, like you know, the parliamentary spaces and all that. It will. It, it, I, I see that transformation or disruption where they are more, you know, open to public public um, discourse yeah. and and social media and uh, and technological devices will play a key role in that. And um, so think tanks having that kind of, you know, being being familiar with, with those kind of um, conversations should, should be able to play, play bigger, you know, bigger roles. Yeah, but they, as uh, the implication of what you say is that think tanks will have to change, right? Because otherwise young people will just, uh, you know, push them aside, right? They'll create their own, their own yeah, yeah. spaces, right? It'll be um, a space in TikTok. I don't, I don't have TikTok, so I don't know what how that works. But it'll be a space in whatever um, social network or digital space, digital tool that exists in the future, and they'll just create it. Yeah. Um, they'll own it, right? They'll run it with their own rules, yeah. uh, in their own style. Yeah. Um, exactly. and yeah. they'll probably have influence, you know, beyond what think tanks can right now. And if think tanks do not adapt to that, right, or preempt exactly. that and create spaces yeah. where young people prefer to go to and say, well, yeah, I, can, I could have my own network here, but I, I'll go to CC because, you know, they're already doing yeah. this, right? They are open, exactly. they're accessible, they're approachable, they are interesting. Um, then think tanks might be pushed aside, um, or you know, or you know, put in the bag with all the old politicians and the old institutions. Yeah. yeah, it's a big challenge for an organization that, as you say, is also um, kind of a, you know does not have the funds, does not have the flexible funds to think outside the box, to explore, to uh, to deliver long-term organizational change, right? Because it's running on projects on a on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis. Yeah. Um, so uh, and how 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 much I mean do you, I mean maybe you you feel CC is ready but what do you think about other think tanks I mean without naming names you know do you think that yeah. the Nigerian think tank scene in in general is thinking about reform or do you think that it's still you know rather academic or rather um, uh, com you know comfortable where they are. I, I think there's still um, a lot of room for improvement and a lot of uh, gaps in the system, you know, where think tanks really need to move up um, to innovative ways of operating, you know, because um, what what has changed, you know, the technological change that we are seeing happening in the world, um, it, it's very rapid. And think, think tanks are not that, um, they don't change that rapidly, you know. Um, they really need to catch up with, with that change because um, one of the things that bothers me is the change in how, how people consume information. Mm. That has been changing quite rapidly. And in, in, in awareness of that, um, you need to really adapt to see how you communicate your, 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 your information, your evidence through that dynamic, um, um, that dynamic dissemination channels. You know, it's changing every time, you know, it's a lot of, you know, 
Twitter, Twitter is now being a, in a, a huge tool, and it, it only uses 150 words. Uh, you know, think researchers like to write pages and pages and, and describe things too much. You have to really adapt to that, you know, kind of communication uh, um, um, channel. You know, and and also even policy discussions. You know, policy decisions. You know, are now being you know the way social media and social media, uh, social media is now being more influencing policy decisions. A lot of um, statements by the by government and uh, you know and policy decisions and reversals, they react to how social media, yeah. you know, react, you know how the social media. Uh, reacts to 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 some of their decisions, you know. So that that's an evidence that these tools are quite powerful, you know. So um, yeah. to the extent that think tanks adapt to those those um, tools of communicating and influence, um, to the extent that they become more more influential in, in, in the long term, yeah. Because that will continue becoming more sophisticated the the, the, the technological aspect here. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a this is a space to watch. Certainly, um, a young population, as you say, big changes in the way policymaking is done from being from it yeah. being very private, really, right? About a, just a few people yeah. making decisions to yeah. policymaking now being very public, and and young people but, expecting it to be very public. And think tanks are you know have always been close to government, right, and close to those policymakers. Yeah. Now they need to get yeah. closer to the rest. To the rest of the population and uh, and certainly exactly. young yeah. young people. So, yeah. So I expect many uh, many big changes to come uh, from uh, from Nigeria and from Africa that we can all learn from. I, I keep thinking I keep thinking it'd be you know, some some sort of combination of uh, of um, sort of great filmmaking culture in Nigeria um, with um, with the work think tanks do. You know, as a as a way of uh, of disseminating messages and arguments, um, you know, not as you say, not not just the the working paper or the policy brief, right? We need to think about new medium, and this yeah. could be through film, this could be through through music, this could be through other yes. um, other other spaces. Um, yeah. So I can give you an example where I notice that people um, people like short videos. Yeah. That, you know. Like a minute long videos to explain things, you know, and we've tried to compress our reports, which could be fifty, could be eighty pages, into a one minute um, um, video, you know, and that has been successful. We, you know, we created some um, some videos to explain our work, you know, just summaries, mm -hmm. you know, in a way that captures. You know the you know, the audience of people, and that has been because that is that is becoming increasingly the preferred way of that people consume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. communicate. Yeah, so yeah. Great. Well, um, to keep the video short and the conversation short um, and to the point, um, that was great. Thank you very much for your time, uh, Chuka. It's yeah. always a pleasure to talk to you, and I look forward to, uh, to seeing you soon. And uh, we can share a conversation uh, in the same in the same room in the same city. Um, thank you. Sure, it's always a it's a it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Ricky. And I look forward to having 
meeting you face to face, you know, when the whole COVID and um, when this COVID era it, it's uh, it's gone and we we can have face to face meetings again. So it's always a pleasure to talk on OTT. Thank, Thank you. That is all for this episode. Thank you. Join us again as we explore the world of think tanks and evidence-informed policymaking. Sign up to our newsletter at onthinktanks.org. Goodbye.